Support comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies. Held on Fridays in May, each film touches upon Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, including Goya or the hard way to enlightenment and the discreet charm of the bourgeoisie at nortonsimon.org. Support comes from Pasadena Playhouse, presenting Jelly's Last Jam. Follow Jelly Roll Morton, the self-proclaimed inventor of jazz, in this ambitious musical masterpiece that's sure to blow the roof off the theater. Performances begin May 29th. Tickets at PasadenaPlayhouse.org. Elias Studios. Hey, Hadley. Hi, Brian. Happy Pasadena Cheeseburger Week. Oh, yes, right. That's why we're here. From LA Studios, this is How to LA. I'm Brian De Los Santos. Today, we've got something tasty for you. Oh, my God. We are at Pine Burger here in Pasadena to talk about cheeseburgers and its history. There are many claimants to the cheeseburger throne. It's a little complicated, so we had to hit up Hadley Mears, one of our favorite LA historians to kind of unravel this controversy. Yes, I'm excited about it. My favorite thing, greasy, delicious food. Have you been here at Pie and Burger yet? I have never been here before. I'm right. super excited. Let's do this. Hey, Brian. Hi, Hadley. I'm Rob. I'm the owner's son. I'm stepping in this week while my dad's away for uh, to celebrate his anniversary. Oh, how cute. So you guys just want to get set up on a table and let's do it. This place is so nostalgic for me. You've got this neon burger clock and these old school signs telling you what the menu is. I don't think I've ever seen that cash register ever. When is it from? Well, the restaurant's from 1963. That might be the original. <laughs> uh, we are cash only, so that thing gets a lot of use and it's still running. The kitchen is exposed, so you can see people doing the burgers in front of you. Um, and they have those old school coffee pots. And the cool old shake machine. There's nothing better than a cheeseburger with a shake. Mm. Yes. Just all looks like something your grandparents would have started way back in the day. It's really, really homey and nice. I'm excited to try out the cheeseburgers, but you know, we're gonna talk to Hallie a little bit about the 100 years of cheeseburgers. 100 years here in Pasadena. My brother, my sister, myself, we've all worked here at various points in our lives. And you know, like the history, the nostalgia of cheeseburger, what it means to America, and just the influence that it, it's had like on such a large scale globally. The fact that it all started here in Pasadena, you know, it means a lot. And to me personally, I love cheeseburgers. <laughs> I do you see you have a combo special this week. We do. Cheeseburger combo, side dish, and a beverage, and get it at a discount. We're getting cheeseburger, right, Hadley? Well, yeah, but no onions for me. Oh, no onions for you. Oh, wow. I, I do want onions. I want, like, your classic cheeseburger that you're offering. Lettuce, pickled tomato, Thousand Island, onions. Yes, onions. Raw. Oh, this is grilled. Excellent choice for you, honey bun. A cheeseburger with no onions and uh, fries with ranch and a chocolate shake, please. So we're here obviously to try the yummy cheeseburgers they just mentioned, but we're also here to understand the history of the cheeseburgers. You know, thinking about this, we're surrounded by fast food all the time. Cheeseburgers became a thing a hundred years ago, and it seems like a kind of obvious thing to just put cheese in a burger. 
but there are a lot of different origin stories that you wrote about. So the first question really is, is there like a cheeseburger anthropology and why do we care so much? You know, it's really interesting. I think we care so much about cheeseburgers because they're kind of the ultimate American comfort food, right? The actual hamburger with like buns, you know, actually is very new too. It was probably created in the Victorian era, probably sometime in the late 19th century. They're not sure when. But the thing is, ultimately, who knows if some great mama cook somewhere at home didn't slap some cheese on a burger years before. So it's kind of this mysterious origin story that can never fully be solved. So let's set the scene here. It's 100 years ago, and we're in Pasadena. Who's Lionel Sternberger? So Lionel Sternberger was a really dynamic entrepreneurial force. He had moved out here with his family when he was a kid from New York. And from the time he was little, he was having fruit stands. He was having soft drink stands. I mean, he really, from early on, had that kind of 20th century, go-go, capitalistic American spirit, right? It had been raining in Pasadena. It was muddy. It was gross. He saw someone on the side of the road and picked him up to give him a ride. And the person wanted to go stop to a soft drink stand off the Route 66. So he stops at this little stand, gets in a conversation with the owner. And then right on the spot, he said, I want to buy your stand. He didn't have enough capital, so he traded his old banged up car and ended up renaming this soft drink stand the right spot. So wait, so how does how is it born? Like from from serving soft drinks to creating a cheeseburger, how do we get there? I will say there are a million different versions of how Lionel came up with the cheeseburger. One is that he he was helping someone down on his lot who came off the street and kind of just loaded up a sandwich with everything on it and he called it the aristocrat burger to, you know, mock him or whatever. Another is that he burned a patty and covered it up with a slice of cheese. And a lot of these are family retellings that have gone on. So it's more family lore than written down fact. What we know from this one article from the Pasadena Post in 1931 is that according to that version's retelling, which is I think the earliest retelling in print that we have, is basically the stand wasn't doing that well. And a friend and him kind of were spitballing ideas of how can we make this kind of roadside food stand really stand out. And they said, oh, well, let's slap some cheese on it and see what happens. And they did, and you know, Sternberger was actually very nervous to put it on the menu because cheese was really expensive back then. But he tested it out on a favorite customer and the customer loved it so much and word of mouth started spreading. And with no time, he was having people drive up and say, are you the stand that sells burgers with cheese? This novel concept, which Lionel called the aristocratic burger. Oh, dang. So we have all this talk about this dude named Lionel, but I'm sure there were so many other stories where people said, hey, I'm the one who created the cheeseburger or, you know, establishments or or chefs or owners. What are other people saying, you know, like Odell's or Kaylin's? There are many claimants to the cheeseburger throne. One of them is a place called Kaylin's in Kentucky. They have plaques everywhere saying that they invented the cheeseburger, but they claim their owner didn't come up with it till the 30s 
which is pretty much well out of our timeline, right, if we're being historical detectives here. Pasadena clearly wins. We do know that by the late 1920s, there's a menu from a restaurant called Odell's in South Los Angeles that also advertises a chili cheeseburger. So by that point, at least, there was somebody with chili and cheese. And there's another restaurant in Denver that also says they made up the cheeseburger. So, you know, it was kind of a hive mind thing, maybe, of all these people, fast food is booming, car culture is booming, people need a quick bite to eat, and maybe all at once, everybody said, why aren't we doing this delicious combination? It's sitting right in front of us, right, with our ingredients sitting out here. You know, to add to that, I'm thinking about, like, the era that they were in. Um, You know, meat is not cheap, cheese is not cheap. And they're serving these burgers, like you said, at diners, people driving around Route 66 or, or wherever. But then it becomes like the cheapest thing you can get in fast food is a burger. You know, it became so commercialized. There was a switch at a certain point, right? There was a total switch. I mean, they have old timers from Pasadena talking to the L.A. Times in the 80s and 90s saying the coolest date to take a girl on in the 30s was to go down to the right spot and to buy her a cheeseburger. It was an exciting, cool thing to do. Then as fast food, which was of course born in Southern California, McDonald's, Taco Bell's, In-N-Out, Fat Burger, the list goes on and on, uh, came around. It became a much more commonplace everything, kind of just to shove your face in, right? Like when you're tired or grumpy and you want some comfort food. So it really did become a very pedestrian sort of thing, but its origins were aristocratic. They were quite exciting and special and a treat for people, especially if you think about during the Depression. When it really became popular in the 30s, that's a pretty dark time and something that only costs like 15 cents, but was warm and gooey and had all these great ingredients. That's a really special treat. I, I love that we're here in Pasadena. We're talking about this legacy that Lionel has, but also the city itself, because knowing that history was made in Southern California and also the place where I work at, the city I work in, um, it's pretty awesome. Stick around because we'll be back with Hallie to talk more about cheeseburgers. Support for LAist comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies, held on select Fridays in May. Each film touches upon Spanish artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, including Goya or The Hard Way to Enlightenment by Conrad Wolf and The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie by Luis Buñuel. Screenings are at 4.30 p.m. on consecutive Fridays, now through May 31st. More information at nortonsimon.org. Support for LAist comes from Pasadena Playhouse, presenting Jelly's Last Jam. When Jelly Roll Morton's soul is forced to face the music, the self-proclaimed inventor of jazz is left at the ultimate crossroads. This lively musical follows the journey from the back alleys of New Orleans to the sparkling stages of New York, featuring a sizzling bandstand, electrifying tap dancing, and soulful tunes. On stage for four weeks only, Jelly's Last Jam. Performances begin May 29th. Tickets available now at PasadenaPlayhouse.org. And we're back with Hadley Mears. What do you think the legacy of Lionel 
and honestly, the cheeseburger means to the city. I mean, Pasadena is not a huge, huge metropolis. It's its own city in Los Angeles, but there's like a plaque somewhere. Uh, you know, this restaurant itself here at Pine Burger, they're obviously old-timey and cute. What do you think about the, the legacy and the, the, the cheeseburger culture nowadays? Well, I think it really puts Pasadena on the foodie map, right? And food has become such an in thing to talk about now and it's a great way to publicize the town to publicize all these amazing restaurants like where we are now and there's so much history in Pasadena and there's so many historic spots that still retain their original flavor in Pasadena and so I think that cheeseburger week and having that plaque are all just ways to tie in how important Pasadena is to the history of Los Angeles. And who doesn't love a good burger and fries, right? right. It's something everybody can gather around and celebrate together. Yeah. Well, by the way, where's the plaque of the first cheeseburger landing type setting? The plaque is in front of the firefighters' first credit union, uh, right off the freeway. And it, you can't, it's really hard to find. You've got to walk up and see it, right? And it tells the version of the legend that a 16-year-old Lionel made it in 1924, which is probably not true. But it's a great legend, and it's a great symbol also of road culture and of highway culture in Southern California. Oh, wow. Is that your milkshake, girl? Oh, that's your milkshake, too, Evan. What the hell? <gasps> Grilled onions? That smells delicious. This is a classic cheeseburger. This it is, really is. This is what a diner should serve. And I'll show you to the In-N-Out's and the McDonald's of this world, but sometimes you just need a good diner cheeseburger. Absolutely. That's been on the same grill for 500 years, yes. you know? <laughs> same grease. Yeah, same grease. All right, let's again. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's good. Mm -hmm. The bun is toasted on the grill. And I love Thousand Island dressing. Same. Same. So you feel like we're enjoying we're enjoying this burger. It's good. It's delicious. Do you do you feel like people enjoyed the cheeseburger as much as we're doing now? How could they not? Yeah. It's the best thing in the world. Agreed. We're tasting history right now. Ooh. So we've talked about controversy. We've talked about Lionel at you know, and his legacy and imprint in cheeseburger culture for the future cheeseburger anthropologist. What do you say, Hadley? Should we give Lionel the credit? Do you think it's still worth doing some more research? What's your hot take? I personally think we should give Lionel credit because I think it's a lovely story and as a homer for Southern California, I want it to be true. But I also love the idea of the hive mind and multiple people coming up with it at once because to me, that's how all great ideas really come about. And if you want to get your own cheeseburgers, we'll be having them at our live event on Thursday. We have our latest events intern, Laura Dukes, here. Can you tell us the details for the event? Because I know people are going to want to sign up. It's on Thursday at 7 p.m. Doors open. We're like 100% going to sell out, though. So I don't even know if we should promote it. As much as I want to give this promo drop, it's definitely going to be oversold. There's going to be three uh, burger joints, Hangerbergs, Love Hour, Hamburger Nice. Yeah, and two of those have been on the pod before. For those of you who have subscribed since the beginning, um, really good burgers. So I'm excited for the food. 
Hadley, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. And where can people find out more about cheeseburgers and its history? You can find out more in my article for LAist, and I also link in that article to a lot of amazing books about the histories of hamburgers and cheeseburgers, because surprisingly, there's tons. You know, Hadley, I always learn from you, and I love your stories. What is the next thing you're working on? So for Elias, the next couple stories I'm working on, I have a really fun one about madams in the sex trade in the golden age of Hollywood, which should be delightful and scandalous. And also a really important history of SRO and low-income housing in downtown LA, starting from about the Victorian era on. Two big topics, you know, sex in Hollywood and housing in LA. Make sure you subscribe to How to LA to listen to Hallie's expertise on the topics. This episode was produced by Evan Jacoby. Our other team members are Erica Washington, Megan Botel, Victoria Alejandro, and Monica Bushman. Our intern is Tony Morales, and I'm your host, Brian De Los Santos. And thanks to Laura Dukes for hanging out with us today. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps.